ladies and gentlemen, we're expecting some moderate turbulence. Please remain seated and enjoy the show. Hello. Hello. And welcome to... Moderate Turbulence. Uh, as always, I'm Jeremy. <laughs> I'm Adele. And Roxy's on Adele's lap, of course. So if you hear a little snorty snorts, that's her. Yeah. How are you? I'm fine. have a little back strain, but other than that, I'm good. Yeah. Pulled a muscle, Not doing fine. whatever. It's one of those things that you start feeling pain and then you don't really know what happened. Yeah. You feel it like the next day and you're like, what did I do yesterday that's causing this pain? Yeah. I mean, at work, it would make sense that it happened um, there, but it's like, I can't really pinpoint one exact moment because it didn't just hurt on the spot. So yeah, I think yeah. I'll be back to work today and okay. then we'll see how it goes. And we're a little bit late this week. I apologize for that. Um, my, my work schedule, I work from like 6.45 PM till 5.15 AM, four days a week. And it's just, it's thrown off my entire cycle and I can never get enough sleep and sleeping during the day is hard when you have animals and such. So this one got a little bit delayed because I didn't have time to finish my script for it. But we're still getting this one out and we're going to try and get back on track for next week. So we'll probably record another episode in the next few days and have it out on Wednesday. Yeah, because we were dabbling with the idea of changing our upload day. But if we pushed it, then it would mean that it would probably be on Friday or Saturday, which it was last week and it will be this week. But we don't really want to rec- um, release on that day. Yeah. yeah, because we are aware that, you know, people consume content more during the week. And on the weekends, it's, you know, people take time off and spend time with their family, loved ones, um, yeah. kids, friends. They kind of just, you know, disconnect. Yeah. Mostly, you know, people will listen to podcasts while they work, while they commute, while they work out. So anyways, I we want to keep it during the week. Yeah, that's our impression anyway. So if you're listening to this and you always listen on the weekend, you know, let us know. Maybe maybe we could release on the weekends. But I think uh, for the most part, it's better if we release during the week. So we'll keep our Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, these past couple of weeks have been... Uh, not on Wednesdays, but we'll try to keep it on Wednesdays. We'll see how next week goes, and then we'll we'll see what what's happening with the release of next week, and then we can take it from there, maybe. Yeah, because if three weeks in a row is is not happening on Wednesday, maybe that's a an eye opener for us. Maybe that's a sign. Yeah, I mean, I am also working as well, so that's also difficult when I'm working not in the house. Yep, you're sleeping until the middle of the afternoon, and. Yeah. And Roxy needs loving. <laughs> she's literally on her back right now with her paws in the air. Oh, she's so cute. She's our little lady. Uh, anything else we want to talk about before we get into this week's aircraft-related subject matter? <laughs> well, I mean, the big, 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 wonderful news of the day is that Biden-Harris won the presidency in the United States. Yep, yep. And not to get political, too political on here, and obviously we're not American, so we didn't vote, but we would have voted that side. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I mean, we're happy for, for change for the United States. 
we're hopeful for what that means for the aviation industry. Yeah. Um, a little bit more of a control and a yeah. sense of direction with the pandemic, hopefully yeah, in well, the new year. One so. thing I, I heard on the news yesterday, they were talking about uh, yesterday alone, they had over 100,000 new cases of COVID. And they're, the, there's like roughly 1,000 people a day dying from COVID in the US. And so hopefully this new administration will sort of take a look at that and be like, we can do more, you know, we can enforce more rules, we can do more to stop that second wave of the pandemic really taking over and harming more people. So yeah, and I mean, and the borders between the states and Canada have been closed since March. And we thought they would be reopened by the summer. And that never happened because the states kept increasing their cases. I mean, we're also increasing cases in certain areas of Canada. We're not yeah. perfect, but the states are so much more populated. And let's be honest, they kind of control the world when it comes to certain things like that. So when the borders are closed between Canada and the US, it, it obviously impacts us and it impacts the aviation industry. Yeah. And we just want everything to kind of calm down, get back to some sort of normal and for the borders to open so that we can hopefully start getting our jobs back. Yeah. That's just kind of the bottom line that we wanted to bring up today because, you know, the current administration kind of made the situation of what it is now. So we're hopeful for change because it's a new president that's coming in. So yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's be hopeful. 2021. Let's go. Let's, let's uh, tw- I know 2020 is a write off by now, but uh, 2021. Yeah. Let's hope for, all positive new things. Yeah. And well, and let's let's also address the fact that it's the first female vice president. That's true. That's uh, history making. Yay for women. Yep. That's a big, big step. She's also black yep. and uh, Indian American, I think. I believe. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know that much. I haven't been following all that so much. So she's uh, Kamala Harris. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. I could be wrong. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's just a big step. Yeah. No matter oh, what definitely. side you're on, you should be, you know, acknowledging that for women, that's a big step. Yeah. As a woman to enter the White House in that way. So, you know, lots of change happening, lots of good, and we're happy. Yeah, definitely. Um, have you been listening to any new podcasts lately? No, no new podcast. I I have my your staples. Yeah, my like three, well, two three that I listen to. So, what yeah. about you? You discovered uh, a new one, I believe. Uh, no, no, not a new one. But um, so one of the podcasts I love, uh, Canadian True Crime, hosted by Christy Lee, phenomenal podcast. But uh, she took a little bit of a break at the end of the summer, and she just started releasing episodes again in October. And the latest episode uh, that I just listened to, and I, I just listen to it to and from work, like it keeps me awake on on the drive to work. Uh, and it has to do with the Starlight Tours in Saskatoon. Um, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go and listen to that podcast. It's phenomenal. It's very eye-opening to some of the things that we've dealt with when it comes to racial injustice uh, in Canada. So go have a listen to that. It's amazing. It, it's it's phenomenal it's just a really well put together podcast and good stories good uh yeah very informative um so jeremy prepared um an incident for us he's been really excited about it 
and saying it's going to be such a good episode. So, well, I, well, the pressure's on now. It's not. That's really, what you've been telling me all week. <laughs> yes, but it's not really an incident. Okay. Well, anyways, you've prepared a story. I've prepared a script. <laughs> okay. So you pulled an Adele and went off course. Not. You'll see. You'll see. But I think it's an important one. I think it's going to generate good discussion. Um, interrupt me at any point so that we can discuss certain things. And shall we get to it? Yes, let's go. All right. Today, we are going to talk about the Boeing 737. Okay. Uh, some of the... Um, sources I used for this, Wikipedia, and there's an article from businessinsider.com, which I found very informative. So let's talk about the history of the Boeing 737. The original or first generation version of the Boeing 737 was the Dash 100 and the Dash 200. The 737 first entered service in February 1968 with Lufthansa. The 200 was basically a Dash 100, but with an extended fuselage. These were produced up until 1988 with 1,114 delivered. Cool? Mm-hmm. The second generation, known as the Classic, or now known as the Classic, consisted of the Dash 300, 400, and 500 series. These were produced from 1984 all the way up until 2000. There was a total of 1,988 Classics delivered. With this generation of aircraft, we saw improvements to capacity and range. The third generation, known as NextGen, includes the Dash 600, 700, 800, and 900. These were introduced to service in 1997 with a total of 7,031 deliveries, and that was as of May 2019. More improvements were made to capacity and range, uh, as well as fuel efficiency. Also, we saw improvements to the cockpit and other aircraft features. The Boeing 737 did have some issues in the past, including there was a rudder issue that was blamed for two crashes back in the 90s. So this brings us up to the current version of the Boeing 737, the fourth generation, also known as the... Max 8. Well, the Max, yeah, because the Max will consist of the 7, 8, 9, and 10. Uh, It was a direct competition for the newly announced Airbus 320neo family of aircraft. So again, improvements were made as technology continues to advance. The first 737 MAX was delivered to Melindo Air, which is a subsidiary of Lion Air, and entered service May 22nd, 2017. One of the major improvements made to the 737 uh, MAX family was more efficient CFM International Leap 1B engines. With these new engines and how they sit under the wing, Boeing developed their Automated Maneuvering Characteristics Augmentation System, also known as MCAST. This will adjust horizontal stabilizer trim to push the nose down when the aircraft is operating in manual flight. So basically, it won't allow pilots to pitch the nose up too steeply, which could cause a stall. We're going to talk about more on that later. Now, of course... As everybody knows, October 29th, 2018, Lion Air Flight 610 takes off from Jakarta, Indonesia for Pengal, Penang, Indonesia. 13 minutes after takeoff, the Boeing 737 MAX crashes into the Java Sea, killing all 189 passengers and crew. This is the first major accident involving the 737 MAX family of aircraft, and it is the deadliest crash involving a 737. Early investigations reveal serious flight control problems on the aircraft's previous flight. There were signs of angle of attack sensor and other instrument failures, which 
basically says what the pitch is. Uh, so it thinks it's going more steep than it is. Uh, and this was tied to a design flaw in the MCAS of the 737 MAX series. Boeing and the FAA issue warnings and training advisories to all operators of the 737 MAX, but these advisories were not fully implemented. March 10th, 2019, Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302 departs Addis Ababa, Ethiopia for Nairobi, Kenya. Moments after takeoff, the pilots report a flight control problem. One minute later, the MCAS activates, which pitches the nose of the aircraft downward. The pilots attempt to regain control, and the MCAS activates again. The pilots disable the electrical trim tab system as per the protocol, but were unable to manually turn the wheel that would change the trim by hand, so to bring the nose back up, uh, partly because they had inadvertently left the engines on full takeoff thrust. The aircraft crashes near the town of Bishoftu, Ethiopia. All 157 passengers and crew are killed in the second crash involving a 737 MAX in less than five months. Ethiopian Airlines immediately grounds the rest of its 737 MAX fleet. The following day, on March 11th, uh, the CAAC, which is China's Aviation Authority, orders the country's airlines to ground their 737 MAX fleet. The rest of the world's aviation authorities follow suit and ground their respective 737 MAX fleets on March 11th and 12th. And I just want to take a break from my script here. You actually have a little story about that, don't you? Oh, well, story. Um, so when did Canada ban them? Uh, I, I think it was on the 12th. Okay. Yeah, well, at that time, we're on a 737, brand, brand new crew. Um, so these, I was called on reserve and my crew, literally that was, I think their first flights. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're about to board. It's like mid morning. Mm -hmm. We're about to start boarding. We're, my crew's ready. We've gone over like all the specific little details of the 737 because there's a few little, you know, differences, obviously aircraft to aircraft. We're ready. And then one of the agent, the ground agents comes on and said, we're not boarding. Um, something's happening. Transport Canada is going to make an announcement. We're like, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're, they're probably most likely going to ground them and we're not going to be going anywhere. So yeah, essentially we're, the pilots are putting, they've had this live stream on their iPads and whatever. Yeah. Well, I remember you texting me and you're like, oh, they're holding off boarding. I'm not sure what's happening, but I don't think we're going today. And then sure enough, we get the announcement uh, that Transport Canada is is implementing that as well. So they're grounding all the 737 maxes. Yeah. Well, same for like I I had that information. I don't know how the ground agents found out. It's probably from stock. And so they had the information from above, yeah. obviously, because they weren't going to start boarding a flight because that's kind of the worst thing you can do yeah. as an agent or as a flight attendant is to board an aircraft that ends up needing to be deplaned. Yeah. That's the worst thing. You don't want to do that. Even though there are people are restless on in the boarding uh, area, it's like you, you don't want to get room. them on yeah. and then have to get them off right away. Yeah. You don't want that. Um, so, and I also texted uh, my friend Caitlin. She was in Toronto. She did the commute between Toronto and Montreal. Um and I told her, oh, hey, uh, they're about to ground the 737s. And she was about to get a commute flight from Toronto to Montreal on a 737. 
So she knew, oh, okay, before they announce, I'm going to switch flights so I can get home and go home on a different aircraft. So she ran to the next gate for the flight that was not a 737 so she can get home. And thankfully she did because as soon as they announced, maybe like 10, 20 minutes later, everybody wanted to switch, but then at least she had already switched. So she was okay. But yeah, yeah. yeah. she could have been stuck in Toronto for a few more hours. Yeah. Um, Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about the effects of the grounding of it in just a few minutes. Um, So this was on March 12th. At this point, there was only one country's administration who hadn't grounded their whole fleet. So the lone holdout was the FAA, initially reaffirming that the plane is airworthy. They eventually ordered the grounding of the planes the next day on March 13th. The planes remain grounded to this day as Boeing is doing a complete software redesign of the MCAS, as well as improved recovery procedures in the event of an error. So initially, the planes were only expected to be grounded for a few weeks. But constant delays have prevented the fixes to be implemented to have the planes airborne once again. Further scrutiny from the FAA and Boeing creates more and more delays. Airlines are forced to cut capacity, cancel flights, and revise their future plans. And our airline as well. I mean, one little positive thing that came out of that is your flights to Hawaii. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason why we implemented a wet lease to be able to, you know use other airlines to do the routes that we were initially supposed to because yeah. you buy a new plane, you're going to get new routes. Yeah. And then well, you and, don't have that plane, but you kind of need to get your passengers somewhere. Exactly. You have to get your passengers from point A to point B. So, so yeah, I mean, I was very happy that the 737 was not flying anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, it wasn't really well designed for flight, uh, flight attendants. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a custom thing per airline right it's the way we've configured the galleys and things yeah i mean it wasn't very pleasant for us yeah and it's tight it's just it was just better to be on the 320 yeah and a lot of passengers could fit on that plane so if it was full it was busy yep and like kind of hectic yeah anyway so it was, it was just a better situation to not have those flying and not have those on are in our fleet anymore. Yeah. And then I ended up spending six months in Hawaii, obviously going back and forth. Well, but yeah, but that was kind of, and all through winter last year. So yeah, you that's know, why when, this winter is going to be very difficult. Yeah. Well, like some days we would have minus 40 degrees uh, in Calgary and you're like, all right, well, I'm back to Hawaii to get a tan. <laughs> it was kind of nice for you. So <laughs> throughout 2019, There are many court hearings, and those affected by the incidents are looking for answers as to why this aircraft flew with the faulty system and continued to fly even after the first uh, Lion Air incident. On May 13th, 2019, Republican Congressman Sam Graves at the House Aviation Subcommittee hearing blamed the 737 MAX crashes on poor pilot training. He stated that pilots trained in the U.S. would have been successful in both of those uh, emergencies. Uh, On October 30th of 2019, Boeing CEO Dennis Muhlenberg testifies before U.S. Congress committees defending Boeing's safety culture and denying knowledge of internal messages in which Boeing's former chief technical pilot said he had unknowingly lied to regulators and voiced its concerns on MCAS. He is replaced as CEO on December 23rd and replaced by board chairman David Calhoun. 
Very little is taking place throughout 2020, as of course we have the COVID-19 pandemic, and that's pretty much the focus of everyone's attention. On September 16th, 2020, the U.S. House of Representatives releases its concluding report blaming Boeing and the FAA for lapses in design, construction, and certification. So as of today, which is November 7th, 2020, the planes remain grounded. Numerous times, Boeing has estimated when the planes would be airworthy again, but alas, they're not. The financial impact this has caused Boeing is estimated to be $18.4 billion U.S., for 2019 alone. Numerous airlines have canceled orders for their MAX aircraft, so they had canceled roughly 183 orders in 2019 and a further 836 orders in 2020. Now, personally, I believe the Boeing 737 MAX will fly again, but I'm not sure how passengers and crew will feel about being on board. I can see them both being reluctant to fly on this latest generation of the 737. What do you think? Well, I feel like the newest um, news, I mean, the latest news about the 737, maybe a few weeks ago, was about if if and when it would come back into operation, the 737, it would be rebranded as something else, because nobody would want to fly it if they saw it as the 737 MAX 8. They would have to rebrand it as something else. So people, like, obviously, they would fix it, and then yeah. people, I don't know, they put it back on the market as something else so people would be not fooled but you know it's also like you fix a plane that was broken you're going to yeah. rename it so people don't think that it's always the broken plane yeah so i feel like i mean that seems like a smart thing to do obviously it doesn't seem it's going to happen anytime soon um uh, to be honest, we kind of also forgot about it because, yeah. you know, well, everything that's pandemic, happened in yeah. 2020 and also we're laid off. So it's like, well, who cares if they did come back? Well, yeah. Right now, we wouldn't be flying them anyway. So there there has been a lot of test flights going on with them. And there was actually a test flight conducted by the chairman of the FAA. So it's like, I mean, we've been saying it for a year and a half now. Oh, it's so close. But it's not back yet, you know. And it... It's really quite crazy how it all boils down to now that they have new engines, they're bigger and heavier, so they were placed differently on the wings. So let's put this automated system in place so that if the nose pitches up too much when you're flying it manually, it automatically pitches the nose down. And that's what caused the two accidents. Because if there's one faulty sensor, that nose pitches down when it's not supposed to, crash. Like it's... Yeah. But also wasn't there... Um... I don't know, rumors or news articles or whatnot about Boeing selling like extra safety precautions or safety training or whatever on the planes, but certain airlines opted not to take that training or take that extra software or whatever. Yeah, I was looking for that and I couldn't find anything in my research that actually showed that. Um, but one thing that they that was talked about was um, with the new cockpit, they said you don't even need simulator training if you're going from like another 37 to this one. All you need to do is like a, a course, um, like a just like a conversion course that doesn't take too long. And then you're capable of flying this one because I guess they're thinking, oh, their automated systems will account for anything else. Okay. Um, and they wanted people who are already qualified to fly the 737 to easily qualify on this new, uh, the new generation of it. So it's kind of like, okay. 
So I didn't find anything that said, oh, yeah, you can buy additional safety procedures. I think those were more rumors. Um, But pilot training definitely would come into play if pilots did have simulator training and could simulate this exercise and, and how to prevent it from happening. You know, that would be a major thing. Uh, And they're also recommending when the aircraft does start flying again, that simulator training would have to be mandatory before flying it. Yeah. Well, I guess it also depends on each country's like flying regulations. Yeah. Canada, the States, you know, definitely they have very strict rules, but like maybe in Ethiopia, they have less strict rules and they did just go from regular 737 to this one. Yeah. You know, not saying that without proper training but without like it is a new aircraft even though it was kind of marketed as still 737 but everything that i had read previously was kind of saying like it's so different from any other 737 that it should not have been called a 737 yeah you know because of everything they changed so the fact that they were going from one 737 to the max wasn't enough if they didn't undergo another training, you know? Yeah, well, it sounds like they should have implemented simulator training and things like that because, like, no, the airlines did what they were supposed to do. They followed the the guidelines that they were supposed to to qualify on the aircraft, but was it enough? Obviously, you know, with the flaws of the aircraft, it wasn't enough. Yeah. Because we had two fatal crashes that shouldn't have happened with well, a brand new I'm aircraft, saying. right? Yeah, like, like, Transport Canada probably has like the rules of, yeah, Boeing will say something, but then Transport Canada still requires pilots to be trained a certain way. Yeah. You can't just put them on. Yeah. But like, you know. Yeah. Well, and like with our airline, we weren't flying 737s. Like it it had been since 2004 since we had 737s. Um, So all of our pilots had to like qualify new on the, on this aircraft. Um, I I didn't mention that. I did I did fly the 737-200 when we had them way back in the early 2000s. Yeah. Man, that was a different experience. That was a, a different experience. We um some pilots like to call that aircraft the the pontoon engine plane cuz the engines were like long and skinny and looked like pontoons under the wings. Uh but that aircraft was loud. You had the option of wearing earplugs when you flew it cuz those engines were so incredibly loud. Um, and I did, I did fly the max a few times, um, between Calgary and Toronto as passenger and as crew. I, I didn't love it, but I didn't mind it either. Like there was some little, little glitches in the galley, you know, growing pains, but you know, overall it was a nice aircraft to fly. Of course, we don't have to deal with the MCAS situation that was going on in the flight deck. And luckily nothing like that ever happened on any of my flights. So. But yeah, it's still grounded a year and a half. Well, almost two years because we're November and it got grounded in March. Yeah. March, so we're getting close to it being two years, and it's—I don't know—to me, it's kind of like the forgotten child. Yeah, we're like, eh. How will you feel when it comes back? Will you be comfortable to fly it? Yeah, I mean, I was never uncomfortable to be on it. Mm-hmm. To be honest, because I trust. Our pilots, I trust our our government, you know, they, obviously they did pull the plug, but until then they, you know, our training at our, our company or even all airlines within Canada. Yeah. Um, and like our pilots, 
were confident. They were competent as well, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I know Canada does have one of the more strict training policies when it comes to crew members, and and that's on both sides. You know, flight deck as well as cabin crew. We are very high up in the, uh, not very high up. We have very strict rules when it comes to training. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, and it's also one of those things like you never think it's going to happen to you. Like you're like, oh, it's, we're not going to crash this plane. That's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So I've also maybe stupidly in that mindset because, you know, if the, there was actually a fault and there is, um, it seems to be a fault with the plane and it could have happened. Yeah. Who knows? It could have happened to anyone, no matter where you were. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, if when Boeing fixes it and decides to put them back and everybody does implement them and put them back in their fleet, then we'll see. I mean, maybe if Boeing decides to put them back within the next few months, maybe that'll mean that we can get back to our jobs too. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's enough aircraft that are still grounded right now, not force grounded, but just because of uh, flying capacity has diminished quite a bit because of COVID-19. So there's not a rush to get them back, I guess. But uh, yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's also like, they're more fuel efficient. Yeah. So I mean, the more cost efficient anything is right now, then yeah. the more advantageous it is for any airline to use them. Yeah. If they've they've cut costs with everything, you know, they've laid well, off all their crew. So yeah, true. I mean, you you think about the Airbuses that uh, that are still flying out the three nineteens and three twenties out there, and a lot of them are getting close to thirty years old. Like that's a that's a long life for well, it's a good life for aircraft, but yeah. Well, just to say that they're definitely not as fuel 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 efficient as the seven thirty seven yeah. or the Neos that were you know newly yeah conceptualized the, the, next, the you know? next uh family the next technology the next iteration you know yeah well, it's like a car it's like the newer cars will always be more fuel efficient yeah. than the 20 year old car yeah you know that's just how it is you're going to make a new car you're going to make it more fuel efficient you're going to make it more effective more everything Yep. you're not going to make something that's worse it doesn't make sense exactly uh how do you think passengers are going to feel once the rebranded or not when the aircraft starts flying again do you think passengers will feel comfortable flying it i think so yeah i've it's also i feel like 2021 is going to be a big year for aviation hopefully like when the pandemic gets under control let's say the 737 comes back in 2021 at the same time as people are slowly starting to travel again borders starting to reopen people are gonna want to travel so much that they're not going to care we can even Hopefully. be like 737 all over the plane, everywhere. It's the Max 8. They're still going to come on board in hordes because I, they've I wanted know. to travel. I think some people are, are still going to be hesitant. And I still think some crews might be hesitant as well. You think the willingness to travel is going to be more important than the fear of the 37? Yeah, definitely. I mean, people are chomping at the bit right now to travel. So imagine another six months when March break comes around, when spring, summer comes around and people want to get back to Europe again, you know, yeah. all the people that weren't able to go to Europe last, well, this summer, this past summer, um, you know, because North America, most people tend to go to Europe in the, in the summer. So our summer, which is June to September. <laughs> yeah. What? I'm just laughing because it's like our summer in Canada, the whole week and a half. I'm just kidding. 
Well, I'm just, I was more being precise compared to other people's other hemisphere summers are not the same. Yeah. So just to be clear, like in North America, our summers, people go to Europe. That's kind of the trend. It's also nice in Europe, you know? Yeah. It's summer in Europe. So people want to go and enjoy the sights and stuff. And a lot of people didn't. Everybody canceled their trips and the borders were closed. And, yep. you know, a couple people, a couple people, like some people still went to to Europe, you know, but Americans weren't allowed into Europe. So yeah, they couldn't go. Well, and Canadians are still currently no longer on the accepted list, right, to Europe? Yeah. For like European that was Union countries? Announced a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. So we've well, gone back. We've gone backwards. So let's ask uh, Let's ask our listeners. Write in, um, comment on uh, on the Instagram post that, uh, that we'll put up with this episode and send us emails letting us know how you feel about flying on the 737 MAX if and when it comes back. Uh, moderate Turbulence Podcast at gmail.com. Well, what about you, Jeremy? Uh, I, I'd be a little reluctant. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I do trust our pilots and I do trust, you know, the process of, hey, there was a problem. Let's fix the problem. But I'll still be a little reluctant. It's always going to be in the back of my mind. And like, I, I remember um, watching the Mayday episode about the rudder problems that happened on the 737 back in the 90s. And when I first was flying the 737, I was still a little reluctant. Like, oh my goodness, is everything fixed now with the rudder problem? Mm. And uh, so, you know, that had me worried the first time. But of course, I, I flew it only, uh, you know, only a few times with the cla- or the classic, the original, and then uh, the Max a few times. And, you know, no incidents. I was, I was good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely think that people will ask questions. They definitely did. Yep. When everything was happening in 2019, you know, oh, from, yeah. for the first, for the couple days that before it was grounded. Well, also from what, like Lion Air happened. November. What? Yeah. Yeah. Say November until March. So there was a lot of questions. Yeah. You know, people would wonder. Or sorry, October. Well, either way, it was like yeah. the fall. I know it was the fall. Like you said, it was five months, five months difference. Um, So... People would come on board and ask, oh, is this the 737? And we would say, well, yes, it is. Or, you know, they would still ask even if it wasn't. Yeah. People have questions. People see the news. And also people, you know, see the news or see articles, see the headlines. Yep. And might not, you know, everything is kind of sensationalized. So they they might not even know the full story. They might not have all the uh, information, but they'll mm-hmm. see all 737 MAX 8 crash or deadly or yep. dangerous plane or anything, you know, and they, then that would be concerning, yep. obviously. So I think they'll still have questions, but I don't think it'll deter. It might deter a couple people, but for the most part, I think, you know, plane is fixed, travel is uh, happening, yeah. borders are open, flight attendants are back to work. Let's go. Let's let's get on with yeah. it. Let's you know. I'm, I'm curious to hear other people's uh, comments or reactions or what how they're going to feel about it. Yeah, I would like to know as well. So yeah. let's hear from you guys. And also, like we said at the beginning, if you want to, if you have an opinion on which day you like podcasts to be released when you listen to podcasts. I mean, it's been a few months that we've ha- been consistent with Wednesdays, yeah. so our listeners have gotten used to having our podcast on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. 
But maybe they don't listen on Wednesdays. So maybe they wouldn't mind it being released on the weekends. Yeah. Maybe they like a Wednesday. Maybe they like a Monday. Yeah. You know, stay tuned. We're trying to make as good of a podcast as we can for you guys. Yeah. We still love doing it. So Modern Turbulence is still a go. We're just trying to figure out a more consistent schedule for you guys. So, you know, keep with us. Give us feedback. Let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, yeah, maybe just be patient for a week, maybe a few days, and then you'll get another episode. Yep. And we're still looking. Uh, we still have a couple guests uh, that um, are interested in coming on. Uh, so we'll probably have some more guest episodes in a little bit. And uh, we love hearing from you. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And uh, the holidays are coming up, too. We're probably going to start sharing maybe some holiday, Christmas, traveling stories. So if you have any of them send them our way so we can try to compile them and have them out uh, some point in December. Yeah, sounds good. Yay. All right. And if uh, if you are lucky enough to be flying right now, remember, always be nice to your flight attendants. Because they might have to save your butt one day. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. Woof, woof. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. We have new episodes every Wednesday. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Moderate Turbulence on Instagram, at Mod Turbulence on Twitter, and follow us individually on Instagram at Huffy J and at La Delvi. Thank you.